it was like the world's shittiest no fun roller coaster. <laughs> it just hurt at the end. <laughs> it just hurt. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the March edition of the AV Forums Gaming Podcast. I am, of course, Steve Hill. I've survived the Survivor edition. <laughs> uh, more, 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 in, more of that later. Uh, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you will know that we always play a game. The winner of said game gets to be introduced last. The loser of said game is introduced first. This week, there's only three of us. The dream team. Would that be fair to say? The survivors. The, the veteran, the survivors. <laughs> um, what, what were we playing this month, fellas? I haven't played it, as uh, you've probably all gathered now. Another browser game? Yep, X-Kill. little kind of procedurally generated game where you, you basically there's only two directions to move in and shoot enemies and see how far you can get. Joining me, as always, with a score of 184, is that right? 184 metres. 184 metres is Mark. Hello, Mark. All right. Uh, you know what? I, I knew I was going to, even though I suggested the game, I knew I was going to do badly simply because anything with like insta deaths in it, I'm, I automatically, I, I, I panic. I panic in the face of onrushing <laughs> enemies and I always end up dying. That's wow. shockingly bad score. It, it, look, it, it is. I, I didn't have that long with it. That's what I'll say. Well, I, I did it like five minutes just now. <laughs> it was good enough for second place. <laughs> Yeah. Also known as last place. Silver medal. <laughs> okay. Also joining me is my brother from another mother. This month's winner, Leon Matthews. Feels kind of like a hollow victory, to be honest. It's almost by default. Yeah, kind of. But... <laughs> uh, you scored 300 and... 362. 362. Yes. Got quite hard you... towards the end there. Well, I was going to say, do you, do, do, do you feel if you spent more time with... With it, you could maybe... I think I can do better with 362. I did that in about five minutes. I, th- I think mm. I can do better with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, listener, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, uh, had a little car accident a couple of days after we recorded last podcast. I'm fine. Everyone involved is fine. But I've stared death in the face. And I didn't <laughs> like what I saw. <laughs> Neither did death, apparently, because it didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> so you win. God, I mean, what an experience, fellas. It was really, really surreal and awful. And, you know, I'm just grateful that everybody is okay. Have you, you ever been in car, a car accident or anything similar or anything like it? Um, I've been in a car accident. And an incident in a car where uh, we sideswiped a very long wall. Again, I wasn't driving, which I think you should point out to people who follow the podcast. Oh, no, yeah, I was, yeah, I was not the driver. I was, it was nothing to do with me. I was merely in the wrong place at the wrong time, just a passenger. Yeah, so I was a passenger and we kind of sideswiped a wall and it was kind of one of those adrenaline pumping moments where you think, holy bleep, I just nearly died. Yeah. But yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Mark, you, you ever been in a fender bender? No, touch wood. Nothing so much as a scratch or anything like that. Yeah, up until now, I would say the worst incident I've been in a car was when I put a brand new king size Coca Cola from McDonald's on the dashboard, and my wife pulled away a bit too quick. <laughs> that could be worse. That was 
You could yeah, still I mean, probably both... claim for that, let's be honest. <laughs> both equally shocking. Because Coke's going to be in your upholstery for years. Yep, yep. Just well, stickiness everywhere. All that ice in your lap, really, is just... May as well write off the card, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. It was a Fiat Panda, if memory serves. So, yeah, write it off. Guys, I've been on my adventures here, there and everywhere, so I haven't played any games. I haven't even really been up to speed with any news. But the beauty is, I'm at the best podcast I could possibly be. You're going to tell me everything. I think we should start with the whole... I know we've done a lot of VR headset and stuff, but at GDC, there's been a lot of a lot more stuff about VR coming in, and I kind of, I've kind i had some thoughts forming on it earlier. So Ooh, okay, juicy, juicy, juicy. We okay. can start there if you wanted to. When was it? A couple of weeks back? Um, GDC was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, March 4th to 6th, I think it was. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. And Valve came out with their headset, basically. Um, it's called Vive. It's been made by HTC, interestingly. Um, so v- v- Valve's headset is called Vive? Yes. Which right. is very strange. Um, but it's, it's weird seeing where everybody kind of aligns themselves. But I guess the thing that I, I didn't know was... I mean, everybody else seems to have had a go on a, a VR headset now, and everybody seems to be forming their opinions. Has anyone, has anyone here tried one? No, I haven't. No, I've yet to. I haven't either. The other guys on the podcast have, and it's, it seems like more and more people are doing it. But And I think, like, before last week, I was in the sort of place where I thought, you know, when the time's right, if I'm at an event or, um, what is it, Game City's usually Nottingham, and I'll go to that, and there's bound to be one knocking around there, then I'll have a go. But last week, not just Valve was touting their new headset, but I think Project Morpheus has been said to be out in 2016 and then Samsung have got this weird one where you place your phone in the front of the headset and stuff and I think I was thinking earlier I was just thinking I, I just I don't think I'm going to bother trying anything until the dust settles I think there's there's too many different types of VR and augmented reality with Microsoft and their HoloLens and stuff I need to I need to figure out which one shakes out and becomes the main thing before I get behind anything See, this was the big danger, which was, uh, you know, when they were talking about the um, the sell-off of Oculus Rift to Facebook, that there wouldn't be a big enough backer. At the other end of that spectrum is just it, the whole market becoming fragmented and just no one know, you know, it, what works with what, you know. Um, it's it, an arms race. Yeah, exactly. It's and, a race to the moon. Yeah, and the worry is, is that it's going to be, you know, everyone's talking, will it be the next kind of 3D where there's not the content, the technology isn't quite there, but they've rushed to get it out there. Do we do we not have a role in this race though? Do we, as consumers, not have a part part to play? You know, early adopters pinning their colours to the to a mast, whoever's it may be. Is is that not quite key? I mean, if we if we all sat back and waited to see what happened, but they're all on different formats. Yeah, and, exactly. and so and so therefore like you know if if well i've got a ps4 so i'll buy project morpheus if that's like you know if that's a terrible headset if it, in the end that doesn't end up having the games that doesn't kind of help you know say someone making one that works with a pc that doesn't give them my sale or anything you know all it does is kind of damage the overall brand of, of vr the idea that it could still flourish do you know why i asked that question i asked that question actually because maybe foolishly in my mind, surely the Rift must be a million miles ahead of everyone else right now. It's been around the longest. It's had its SDK out there. We've had 
different iterations of the kit to go out there to the big wide world to consumers you and i could have bought one you know surely that's a lot further down the road than something like vive or morpheus i'm not saying that they couldn't be doing loads behind the scenes i'm just saying that the the bigger picture is you know the success of engaging with what other people can come up with for this format yes and no but I i think this is also part of the problem is that just the vanilla VR, which Oculus is doing, yeah, I'm sure they're they're kind of down the road on that. But then this Vive thing has now come into come into the picture with this kind of IR sensing thing. You know how the Connect, I don't know if you know this, but it, the Connect basically fills up your entire room with IR, and then you're basically passing your hand through millions of IR lasers. So that's how it can tell exactly where your fingers are. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vive is doing that similar sort of thing. Um, so. They're using it in conjunction with that to sort of make it a much more integral thing when you're in the game. So the Oculus isn't doing that. And I, th- I think this is the problem. You, you know, you say we need to be the, con- the early adopters and stuff, but these things aren't cheap. And at the moment, there's like four or five iterations each that are all slightly different. Some have different resolutions, some have different ref- refresh rates, some use phones, you know, some are tied to a PC, some HoloLens aren't tied to a PC. Like, unless you have at some point, all five of them in a row and sit down and go, right, which one is objectively the best one? No one's going to do that. Everybody, like Mark says, is just going to align with the one that's closest to their hardware that they have in their living room already. Right. Um, now, does that mean that the one with the most installed base wins? Or, I mean, I don't even know at this point, all of these demos, I hear about demos on these headsets, but I never hear of one demo that's on all of them. You know, are, are there just games that go throughout all the headsets, or are we talking about individual games made for each headset? Therefore, you could potentially have to buy four if you want to play all of them. I mean, it, it's just a bit too fragmented at the moment for me to to really dip my foot in in any meaningful way. Oh, this is juicy. This whole debate is juicy. I mean, look, we're we're at a new age. Tablets and smartphones have kind of run their course. They've gone where they're going. Of course, there'll be innovation and. Um, other you know areas of interest but wearable tech and vr and augmented reality this is the new age and i'm trying to think what we could compare it to you know with with the advent of say video cassette and that uh format war be be relevant um i'm trying to think what else it's almost closer back to almost like the advent of video games in that you just in a completely new space yeah. No one, no one knows what will translate well to it. No one's coming out with any great ideas that they'll say this will definitely sell. This will definitely work in VR. You know what works in traditional games. You know what might work for, say, you know, for a VR tech demo. What you don't know is what's going to actually work that mixes the two. You know, mm. because the problem is, is that, you know, something like a, a tech demo looking around a Vista, that's fine. It doesn't really matter if there's a, a slight problem with latency or something like that, if you're just gently moving your head around. But all of a sudden, you kind of move into what we traditionally think of as a gameplay experience where you're going to want to move quickly, where you're going to want, you know, kind of precision in movement. All of a sudden, you know, just some minor flaw in the technology will just become so pronounced. And that's inevitable, I mean, I guess. You know, you're going to have bugs and quirks and um, the whole it's broken debate will surely just carry over. But somewhere, somehow, you know, someone's going to crack it, aren't they? You would hope they crack it 
before should we say the kind of reputation gets tarnished because that you know we've we've got great tech put it this way connect connect 2.0 is good technology but if they released connect one you know it's sold fantastically well you know fastest selling consumer electronics product of all time great but then everyone generally says yeah but it's terrible people who haven't even tried connect 2.0 yeah. say it's yeah. terrible yeah. Um, you know, th that's the kind of real worry with it, like 3D, like various other things when they launch too soon. You know, the hope is is that there will be a game, say, if, I mean, they've just announced that Elite uh, Elite Dangerous will make it to consoles. Now, if that ends up with... Is that you know, right? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. yeah. And so it'll be a timed exclusive for the Xbox One, but for... Maybe I shouldn't have sold my PS4. Well, for 2015, but PS4 version looks like it'll be 2016, in which case you're in the time time frame for when Project Morpheus will launch. So you know if they're already working in Oculus Rift support, the mm. fact that you've already got one game that looks like it could end up being you know the same experience on different platforms should start to hopefully build some kind of a a general standard for what works in VR. The worst thing that we could end up consistency, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that water cooler moment where you could go and talk to anyone that's kind of had a shared experience, even if they are on a different platform yeah and it's more than that it's just, it's just creating the basic standards for a new format you know you, you you don't want to end up with one thing being you know kind of radically tried on one system and failing but something being good on a different system because they're trying it in a completely different way you know you what's, want the same general gameplay experience what's the dream here like i'll direct it at each of you individually what's the dream scenario one year from now you've got a vr headset out from your platform of choice what is the experience that you want to have either something like elite dangerous or no man's sky you know i'm kind of seeing the universe from that view um something that isn't going to be too fast paced i'm not going to get kind of motion sickness or anything like that i feel like it's it's a level of of interaction and that i'm i'm seeing some kind of a fantastical universe Almost like um, you know, like like when you first see some of like the the kind of Attenborough nature documentaries in HD, and you mm. get that kind of wow moment of you know like your kind of frozen planets or you know underneath the oceans and seeing some kind of bioluminescent life form you that you've never do seen. Do you remember before. A, um, Oblivion when you you spend the first oh, it might even be as long as an hour crawling through all those dungeons only to suddenly make it out into the big wide world and you're just you're just there that moment where it's just there you know it's all revealed yeah no that that's exactly it you know you want that sense that it's kind of uh almost like that, that moment where you think i can't go back to what came before you know that would, would be great would it would i be correct in saying that in your mind's eye that's a solo experience that's not multiplayer that's not got any distractions that's just you getting lost in a world again yeah i think that'd be fair to say simply because you know a little bit like uh you know the problems with some kind of uh mmos that have you know incorporated um things that you tend to think of as solo experiences which is things i don't know something about the atmosphere gets broken when there is when there's other people you know there's exactly. i just I, th I hope they resist the temptation to go multiplayer for the sake of it with everything why can't we just strip it back to basics and go solo offline get lost in something well we'll get on to the order 1886 later and i'll tell you why <laughs> they don't do that <laughs> leon but same same question to you 
what 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 is the dream scenario for you? Do you know what? I, I'm not entirely sure I can visualise what my dream scenario is because I'm not actually sold on VR at all as of yet. I mean, I haven't tried it, and I'm trying to withhold my opinion until I actually do physically get my hands. Yeah, but you on want it. it. You you want it to work, right? I I don't know. I really don't know if I do, Steve. Why wouldn't you? Because I'm not sure that's where I want gaming to go. Quite honestly, everyone seems to have just default decided that VR is the future. And I, I don't think I want to to have gaming be something that I strap myself into and I've got goggles on and headphones on and I'm completely cut off from the outside world. I don't, I'm not sure I want that. I don't, think it'll, I don't think it'll be the, the future in quite that way, though. But I, I can certainly see... I mean, people made the same arguments about kind of multiplayer gaming at one point that they didn't want to see single-player experiences eroded, and it, it has kind of happened, though, I guess. So, mm. yeah, I, I could see that. But I don't think... You know, I, I still think within the technology, you it's not quite there to actually replace everything, just to almost just give a different type of experience. Yeah, and if that's the case, then I'm absolutely fine with it. Like, I'm far be it from me to take away a section of the market that could just live on its own and normal games as we know them today truck along alongside them and some games have VR support, some crossover, some are made simply for that platform and people play that and you know maybe in time I'll stop being old manish about it and, and try something and it will change my, my view entirely but I can't really see playing some of the games that I play now like I'm playing Devil May Cry right now, I can't really see playing that in VR, I don't, I don't understand no, and I, but I, I, I don't think it necessarily means that there is a departure from that. It just means there's a new genre or a new experience to be had. You know, that traditional sat in front of the television, you know, controller in hand, you'll still have that. I don't think anyone's saying it'll be a complete departure from that. It's just you'll have this option of this more immersive experience. But we, we have been here kind of before with regards, people said something wouldn't get replaced. Like, I used to absolutely adore the 2D Castlevanias. And, and people used to say, you know, 2D games aren't going anywhere. You know, no one, no one's going to get rid of your 2D fighters. No one's going to get rid of your 2D Castlevanias. No one's going to get, you know, your 2D Metroidvania titles. And then they just kind of slowly ebbed away as people just decided that 3D was the way. Even though, you know, most of those games that tried to approximate what was there in 2D were poorer versions it was just almost decided that that was the way that things would go, and that's what sold. Yeah, and that's and that's the worry, isn't it? I mean, you know, fast forward 25 years into the future, if you walk into a living room and it's just three people sat around with Oculus Rifts on, like, that that, that seems like a dystopia to me, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, I just I, don't No, no, want no, that I agree, I agree. I think we've, all, we've, we've said many, many times that, you know, the whole isolation and cutting yourself off from people in your own home is not going to fly and that's what was quite engaging about the the hololens but um, what if the vr experience is playing a traditional console <laughs> what you, you put on the headset <laughs> yeah. and it's play, you, you've got your Xbox because or you had that moment in, in shenmue <laughs> where you would play a video games console you would go in and plug in and be playing you know <laughs> arcade games and that kind of thing yeah yeah that's I, I'm, I'm sure other games have, have have done it too. I think we, we even spoke about one Oculus demo where you put put it on and you were in a cinema and you could watch yeah. a movie in a cinema. It's, 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 something, it's almost something Charlie Brooker about it, you know? 
Yeah, I, I kind of think that those entertainment things, like you, you mentioned, you know, putting it on and watching a football game, being in a seat or something, or, you know, putting it on and all of a sudden you're in front of a cinema screen in your own home. Like, that seems more plausible to me than, than front, gaming. Front does. row at a Rolling Stones concert or something. Yeah, yeah, that, that totally seems more plausible. But I guess if you're asking me what my ideal is, and, oh God, I really try not to play into this, but... Microsoft's idea does actually appeal to me the most out of all of them, and I swear this is not just me being somebody who likes Xboxes and Microsoft and stuff. Like, honestly, having the whole semi-transparent, augmented thing, so that you've got your TV and the world kind of bleeds over the edge of it, if that is even something that they're considering or they could possibly do with it, just makes more sense to me. Like, you can you can be in your living room and watch your kids. And make sure they're not, you know, hanging themselves in the corner or something while you're oh playing video God. games. Like that you could have said, drawing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry. So dark. Like, so dark. Yeah, they look. You know, you could you can interact with the outside world um, whilst still getting an expanded experience. Um, I don't know. I, I need to try it again. I'm not trying to write it off. I need to try it. I mean, surely that's why Zuckerberg wanted it for all of the kind of different social experiences and, you know, media type things that you could have as opposed to gaming. I mean, it would be a massive departure for Facebook, wouldn't it, to suddenly be, you know, at the forefront of games. Oh, definitely. But it's it's also, I think, with, with regards to kind of Facebook, I think it's stuff like, you know, virtual tourism and, and education in particular. You could see slower kind of experiences that you could translate to that while the the technology is still in its infancy whereas games is where if if it's going to fall down anywhere anything that's vaguely fast paced might be where it falls down mm. I, think, I think that might be why I can't see it because I play a lot of you know your Call of Duties, your fast paced responsive sort of games which require me to you know have a controller in my hand and have very precise inputs whereas I'm thinking of like Heavy Rain in VR yeah, they've got to play to its strengths, and I, I think they must be more aware of that than ever before with any other kind of new tech. You know, they must be aware that there is limitations, and not only that, you've you've got to engage a new audience immediately. There's got to be something which just captures that audience. Mm. Well, either way, we're about to find out because this Vive thing's out <clears throat> at the end of 2015. So juicy, and, and, and presumably we're going to see a lot more demos and. Um, bits of information uh, come E3. Well, you'd hope so. I mean, it's interesting that they're working with Valve, because, I mean, if anybody's got games to back it up, then you'd assume it's them. But they've also said they're working with, like, HBO and Lionsgate and the National Palace Museum in Taiwan. So, <laughs> there we go. It'll be interesting to see how their controllers come out, though, as well. Because they've got these kind of prototype ones. You know, they're, they're kind of working on something that's going to be multi- multifunctional, multi-purpose that can kind of translate to various different, you know, gameplay types. Um, and you would think that that would be, should we say, locked in place before they start making the games. And so therefore, it, it almost seems almost slightly kind of cart before the horse to announce that your headset will be coming out before there's kind of full support for everything. It's not even, I mean, did, I, I don't really get from this. Did they actually demo it with Half-Life? I don't know. I, th- I thought there was a hubbub about kind of people saying that there wouldn't be a VR Half-Life. Right. Okay. Sorry. Did I get that uh, mixed up? No, I might have got it mixed up as well. Right. Someone well, quick to Google. If, if, Listen, if that had been announced, then like everyone, everyone, everywhere would know. Um, but, oh man, that would be 
That would be special, no? Well, anytime Valve's in a conversation, Half-Life isn't far behind, and so they announce a new project. Listen, and... like, in, in the video game world, like, Half-Life must be getting to kind of the level of, you know... I don't know, maybe not as much as Star Wars, but the idea of someone taking a franchise which is really worth something and something suddenly bringing it back out again, you know, it's something that people want to see. And I'm, sooner or later, someone will get their hands on it and, and do something there. It's become a myth, though, now, almost. It's like headlines are written on there being no news about it, which is just weird. I was talking to my mate about this the other day, and I was like... How many people, when if and when a new Half-Life comes out, there will be people who are into gaming now who are going to be like, genuinely, what is Half-Life? I, I have no idea. I never played the first one. This means nothing to me. You could argue the same about Star Wars. You know, there's no reason why any of these kids should know what, Not what really. Star Wars is. Not really. Star, Star Wars is around in many ways. There, well, are, I think... there are comics, there are cartoons, there are all sorts of ways you could it's... have heard or know about Star Wars. All right, okay, you got me. It's apples to oranges. But the point of what I'm trying to say is there anything bigger in the game world that people are more desperate to see revived? I, I just... I don't think it's going to be as good as people think it is, and I don't. I think it's something that the internet wants to see. But I think if you like stood outside game and said Half Life, what is it? I think half the people like under an age of like twenty would just have no idea. Is it because it's like one of those franchises that was revolutionary, but yet a lot of the things that it put into place as to why it's so well regarded have actually been adopted by others. So, like, if another entry comes along, is it going to seem that different, other than just in terms of general quality? Oh, yeah, beyond now, could, could they even make it? I mean, could, imagine if you're on the team to make Half-Life 3. That's got to be the hardest job in the world. Jesus. Like, they'd, have to, they'd have to announce it. They'd, they'd have to announce it, because you can't keep something like that secret. You know, it just will come out sooner or later, unless people don't realise that they're working on it, which, again, would be pretty difficult, not impossible. I just think you, you, you imagine what that gameplay was like and how cinematic it was. If they could pull it off in VR, wow, wow. That could be the thing to, to do, you know, make it VR so different that the people wouldn't really be able to compare it. So that would allow them to actually do it with, you know, some kind of freedom. Um, so it'd be interesting. And you need, you need fanfare, you know, you want it to come out. And even if this generation or the generation whoever doesn't know really know what half-life is all about there'll be enough buzz about it where people will be sitting up and taking notice yeah totally we'll see 2015 maybe 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 it'll happen at the end of this year who knows juicy and look while we're kind of on the subject of wearable tech any thoughts on this apple watch are you excited is this something that you can see I know you're an Android user anyway, Leon. Mark, I'm not so sure about yourself. Android, I'm afraid. Android. You and your Apple products, what is wrong with you? Are you going to be buying the... Did you see there's a a 15 grand version of it? (laughs) No, I will not be buying. You know, the thing is, I got um, a nice watch which my wife bought bought me rather for my 10-year anniversary. I can't imagine ever, like, not wearing that. There's something about it. I just... I think it... Have you cut out a cardboard cutout yet and put it across (laughs) your wrist? No, not yet. But only because there isn't one to 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 do. Uh, You send me the link and I'll I'll have a go. Um, Why do you want it? 
You want it because it's Apple and it's new, right? When, yeah, yes and no. I think there's general consensus. That the, the big problem that they've got is that... There's um, nothing for it to do. No, 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 no. I think it's... It, everyone can be accused of spending too much time staring at their phone and just kind of, you know, zoning into it. And the beauty of this watch is that you can spend a little less time doing that and, you know, still get your notifications. The biggest positive point of this watch is that you'll spend less time on your phone. The phone which they've been forcing upon us for (laughs) the past five, six years. And that's a very difficult... How do they market that when really, actually, that's its biggest selling point? This is what doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, it has to be connected to your phone, which means your phone has to be near you, more than likely in your pocket. So you get a text message, your phone buzzes, you look at your watch, you look at the, I don't know, 250 by 250 pixel screen, rather than pulling out the 1080p screen that's in your pocket. I don't know. I I hear you, and I understand why people are kind of very sceptical. I think there's going to be uh, a feather in its cap that people wouldn't have um, anticipated something we're not really aware of yet that will suddenly start bringing people around did you play the order mark yes yes i've been playing all oh, right so you really can talk about that yep do you review it no steve uh steve, steve reviewed it yeah, well, it should be up on site by the time this goes up. Unfortunately, our disc was very late arriving with us, so apologies for that. But it should be up, yeah, now. Mm. So, tell us more. Um, well, do you want the short version or the long version? The short version, obviously, because it's short the version, <laughs> the, Yes, the short version is, it's the PlayStation 4's Rise Son of Rome. Right. That's basically it. it right. It, it looks fantastic. It's fairly shallow. Um, it's full of quick time events. It's mm. it's cinematic, you know, visually stunning. But the kind of the the cover based you know shooting gameplay that a lot of people, myself included, were kind of quite worried about does basically translate to whack a mole style, you know. <laughs> just it it's it's very pedestrian. Um, and, and the problem is, I will I will always gladly play a poor game that has a good story or something that at least interests me. You know, I I I have no shame in saying I actually enjoyed Kane and Lynch. You know, if if I feel there's anything vaguely interesting in a story, after after winning Kane and Lynch, yeah, Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but but it's not even a particularly great story. It's it's kind of. It bumbles along, but the problem is, is that you, you're kind of in these environments where you're you're so kind of limited to certain paths that that would work if it was something that had an element of investigation to it, like things like that I liked, like uh, about Heavy Rain, for instance, was mm. the fact that you would be in a tight environment, you're very much constricted, but there will be half a dozen to a dozen things that you can interact with within that space. You yeah. know, the order doesn't really have that. It it's mm. kind of Cut scene and, and using the, the you know the in-game engine makes it fantastic and the, and the segue from full gameplay to the the cutscenes is brilliant. But when the story isn't particularly engrossing, you know, all you're really left with it is saying right, get to the next action sequence and progress things, and it, it's a kind of short, 
you you can get through it in six to seven hours if you, if you like me you like dawdling then you'll probably take a little bit longer but other than that I, you know it's very much a kind of fairly average but very nice looking game what was the um the average play time on heavy rain how long did it take to get through that campaign oh i reckon that one that must have been kind of 15 hours something like that wasn't it right right that seems yeah it seems a long time for that kind of style of game six or seven seems a bit mean really it is and and this is where we kind of come back to whether the idea of not having uh multiplayer or you know various other forms of of things tacked on to elongate the experience you know is that always a good idea to have something that absolutely pure when but i th- but the thing is, at the same time, if it was an utterly amazing experience, would anyone be down on it for being a short game? No, no, not in the slightest. Mm. And and I think, you know, I mean, I would hate to think what would have happened if they would have tried putting in multiplayer in this. Because yeah. number one, that would have been, seemed even more derivative. Mm. But if they'd, if they'd scrimped any more on, on this and it didn't look as fantastic, there wouldn't really be anything to recommend it for. Yeah. Leon, did you, you hear much about this game? You watch any videos or, or feel the need to try it out at all? Um, I've watched absolutely most of it because mm. the almost the entire game was on YouTube a couple of days before release um, and it was only six hours, so I had it, again, hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this podcast, I had it on one monitor one of my monitors <laughs> while I was at work and I basically over a day one of your work, monitors how many monitors do you have I've only got two I'm not running like, like mission control yeah it's not like a space center or anything um, but I essentially good I was to, work, know. Good to know <laughs> working on one monitor and had the order running for most of the day on the other um, and basically watched the entire thing um, just because I wanted to know and I think the internet jumped on the fact that it was short because the internet jumps on anything which is a completely different conversation. I think everybody's far too negative about absolutely everything at this point. Um, but I think the bigger problem with that game is that it doesn't actually seem that fun. Like Mark says, if it was spectacularly good and six hours long, I don't think anybody would care. But coupled with the fact that it isn't particularly great anyway, um, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of gameplay in there. From what I can see, it's a lot of walking around, picking up objects, turning them over in your hand, talking to people in cutscenes quick time events, more quick time events, maybe some gameplay, um, which is semi-repetitive, and then rinse and repeat all the other non-gameplay elements. It relies on you loving the environment. I, if, if you've been sold on the idea of kind of like steampunk London, you know, of that era, the kind of era around Jack the Ripper, you're going around Whitechapel, um, you know, you've got these knights like Knights of the Round Table and and werewolves and that kind of thing. If you're sold on that, then you you know it obviously has greater value. But the problem is is that largely you're kind of poking around slightly dingy environments. And once you've got past like like the first hour, is is pretty solid because you spend your time kind of looking in the distance and seeing how that you know subtle kind of changes of of depth of field and things like that and. Um, all the all the nice little lighting effects but once you've kind of got past that you're just really trudging around kind of you know cobbled streets yeah just dingy environments i think the best comparison that i've heard is with the first assassin's creed um where it looked amazing but the game wasn't very good now if they can 
do the same jump that Assassin's Creed did from one to two. Now that they've got the engine, they've got you know all of the art and all that sort of stuff. They can pump out a sequel in relatively decent time and actually flesh it out, flesh out some gameplay. Because some of the stuff is in there is good, like the, the one good, the one gun where you fire some dust and then it ignite it with the second charge and stuff. Um, there are some interesting ideas, and if, they, if there were just like several more of those weapons, um, some more varied enemies, and just more gameplay, um, which they could do with now that they've got you know all the groundwork out of the way, then the second game could potentially be really really good, just like Assassin's Creed 2 just took it to the next level and was super good. So you've got to assume, and from the way the ending goes, I mean it's basically set up for another game. You've got to assume that that's kind of where they're going with it. But do you think there's the scope there? Because I mean, Assassin's Creed felt like you know, a flawed game, but yet it, it was the idea of exploration and the environment that, that kind of almost made it. And that, that in fact, the, the central story was intriguing. You know, it was a completely different take on something. And it was just kind of slightly clunky in the in the in how it was all in, implemented. With this, I, I just I can't see how they will open it up so much. You know, from being quite a linear experience. You know, it, it, they're already tied into the idea of the storyline. You know, which was kind of something that still at least intrigued people in Assassin's Creed. In this, I'm not hearing many people say, "I would, I'd go out and I'd, I'd, you know, play the Order 1886-2 because I want to see what happens in the story." Yeah, totally. I mean, Assassin's Creed is a video game, just the perfect game made to be a video game. Like that story is almost conceived to be made infinitely. Um, but I, don't know, I see what you mean with the order. But ultimately, they could at least make another game because, without spoiling it, the big bad thing that you're going to kill in the order, you don't end up killing at the end of the order. If they, if they could get, I mean, once they that they get better with, uh, they know the hardware better. If you imagine that the, the kind of traditional progress is, you know, everything gets bigger for a sequel. If they can get more kind of you know branching areas, that kind of thing for the fight sequences. And you know the the enemy AI gets better at outflanking you, you know those kind of things. Then you, yeah, there's there's probably still scope there. Mm, I th- I think what they really need to do is double down on the weapons. I think they need to go ratchet and clank on it. You know that crazy gun w- was really fun to use, or it looked fun to use, um, but then you didn't really use it. Um, and if the rest of the weapons were just you know pistol, shotgun, assault rifle, it was just the same generic stuff. But if they played on the whole steampunk thing and, and really made it more unique, then I think tied that in with the gameplay, it would it would actually be quite interesting. Personally, I actually I'm not that interested in it. It's just not my type of era of game or one. It looks pretty, but beyond that, that there wasn't really much pulling me in. So for me, um, I'm not really too bothered. But I think for the people who are interested in it, then they could totally get them with a sequel. Yeah, I, th- I think you need a few more things to tick off on a list. Like stuff that, when Assassin's Creed was even when it was boring, you had kind of areas to open up, you had things to do, you had kind of treasure to find, you know, which is something that, that has been used in various different kind of forms, which is seen as padding. But if, if say, you had, um, you know, different upgrade trees, things like that, if, if they really went to town with the weaponry, then you know there's yeah there's a lot of room for for kind of improving that side of things the problem is is that if it ends up just as short again you can't have you know upgrade paths in a game that can be completed in 5 hours you know it just yeah. doesn't have that sense of progression to it you can't really do anything because you don't you know if if you get a, a tiny amount of experience points or whatever for killing each enemy there aren't enough that get killed throughout the entirety of the game 
to upgrade the average gun in, in kind of pretty much any other type of shooter. Yeah, it, it's almost like creating such a beautiful game took its toll on the, the, the actual gameplay itself because every time you're in the order, you know, they've made these beautiful environments so they do their thing without, right, we spent so many hours on this that you cannot just run through this. We're going to slow your ass down and you are going to look at this environment. We are going to slow your walk to a crawl, make you put your finger in your ear and talk to you for 15 minutes while you look around. And then you're going to go into this room and pick up stuff and look at everything we've rendered with painstaking detail until we tell you you can put it down. Like in the second game, hopefully they'll have just got over that, you know, look how pretty it is and will actually give us some depth. What does Steve make of it? What, what, what was his um, sort of final conclusion? What does the youth think? <laughs> tell, me, <laughs> tell me the youth opinion. The view from the youth of today, um, pretty much the same, which is it, it's kind of perfunctory shooting clad in in kind of gorgeous flowing robes of a steampunk London. You know, it, it's that's all very well. It, it's fine, but lasting only a short amount of time and the fact that, you know, you don't get as much satisfaction from the actual gameplay elements as you should do. Um, it kind of puts the emphasis on right. Well, then you know the cinematic element has to be absolutely top notch, and you know the, the the scope format I think was brilliant. I think that that's an inspired decision, and it looks fantastic. And but you know Steve seemed to feel that it it just fell down as as something that was supposed to be cinematic as well. And I, I you know can't really disagree with him there. I'm just going to grab some sour skittles. Crazy sours. Yeah. Nice. I had Hang real on, trouble trying to see. find them for a while. Nowhere locally was stocking them. Found a place and bought about six of the giant bags. <laughs> you like buying sweets in bulk, don't you? Well, I, yeah, genuinely. Well, because uh, what annoys me, which is there are loads of places locally that will all of a sudden oh. just stop stocking something. Right. You know? Here we go. Have you heard of a shop called Costco? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You should you should go there sometime. They, they where, do where do you think I got my jelly beans from? Right, gotcha. These um these skittles are the U.S. variety, so they are like powdered in soury stuff. I mean, my mouth's watering now just imagining chewing on one. They they look like frozen vegetables once it's sort of poured out of the bag. They have different versions of the crazy sours. Yeah, they're like much much more sour. Ah. Oh. Mm. So, <laughs> please tell me you're not going to eat these skittles while doing this. Yeah. I can proper hear you chomping them. Well, they're so juicy. It's like you're you're just purposely smacking your lips. Can you hear how sour they are? <laughs> Listen closely. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> so, penises in video games, Mark. <laughs> Can't talk about the. I, I don't. I don't think this is a genuine news item. We can't do it. You uncovered this story and um, quite excitedly posted about it in the um, private forum that we have earlier today. I, I didn't. How did you come across this? <laughs> <laughs> I was, was googling just doing, penises yeah, and video games. <laughs> and this came up. What can I say? An, an image search by chance. <laughs> yes, I clicked. I'm feeling lucky, and up this popped. Do you think that the website that published this story, the person who wrote that story, like when they were writing it, were just like, "What? What is? What am I doing with my life?" <laughs> like seriously, this I, is. I'm writing about penises yeah. in video games. I think games. the guy, yeah, the guy who did that. But 
perhaps, but even worse was the the like the researcher or whatever who was sent out to go and find pictures. <laughs> Scour them all, enlarge the pictures, find me something. I want proof. And on his Load third hour, game. he just thought, this isn't the training scheme I signed up for. <laughs> so give us a backstory. It's quite funny. I mean, 101 on how to never get hired ever again. <laughs> well, penis is in it. <laughs> it was State of Decay, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, and someone jobbing on it uh, happened to, uh, well, we assume disgruntled, um, popped in lots of images of, well, were there actually images of penises or was it just he made things in the background look like them? Yeah, I think he made like textures and stuff in the background why, shapes like penises. Why do you presume he was disgruntled though? Because you, you wouldn't do that if you were happy, would you? It's not the best way to get your reference, is it? Yeah. Mm. Were they were they flaccid or were they, you know, excited penises? It doesn't say. It just says there was a ridiculous amount of genitalia in the background. I mean, that that quite. I like the use of the phrase "ridiculous amount." (laughs) Like a normal amount, they would have just written off. (laughs) He's almost impressed. Find one or two. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous amount. (laughs) You've overdone this job. (laughs) But it's happy. You're happy to know that they have taken out said penises for the remastered version (laughs) for the Year One Survival Edition on Xbox One. I mean, can we ever has think the, has of any that other... version just? Can I just ask? Has that version just come out? Uh, it's not out yet. It's not so... out because this almost sounds like the kind of thing that would come out to drum up a bit of interest. Mm. Yes. When you can't get your game mentioned, the fact that it's coming out, then all of a sudden it just you know a little bit of controversy just happens to you know. Are oh, you cynic? You're on the front page. Indeed, indeed. Although I, I didn't really see this story in many places, but you know, yeah, it all helps, doesn't it? But it, it sounds like an April Fool because they said there's a ridiculous amount in there. However, you can, because of the textures used and their their low res nature, you won't see the, it. You can't see them. So yeah, that, that's handy. Yeah, it's like just told us something and then told us don't bother looking there because it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Does this mean that they could potentially go back and release like an uncut? Phallic edition. <laughs> that is what they'd call it, though, isn't it? <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, it sounds like something Saints Row would do, doesn't it? It, it really does, but they wouldn't... Well, they, they don't really it. need to hide it, do they? Yeah, they just have penises walking mm. around. Mm. But be it, really. the way they describe it, like, you know, you can't actually see them because of, you know, the nature of the textures, but they're there. It makes it sound like... The world's weirdest magic eye picture. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if you look hard, like enough. all of a sudden your eyes are tired, and then they're there. Yeah, crazy state of decay. I'm fairly sure there was there was a time where there was only two types of gamer. You were either a guitar hero player or you were a rock band player. This could be true. I'm fairly sure you were a rock band player. I was I was both because true people actually are both because harmonic started it with Guitar Hero right. and then got split up and axed by Activision and went over and formed Rock Band so then everybody kind of moved over to that So you're a, um, you're a video game multi-instrumentalist then? I am, I am indeed so I, I follow the, the developer rather than the game but but now yeah they've they've come out and finally said it was kind of it was kind of obvious they were going to do something because um, they randomly put up new bits of DLC for like the first time in like three years or something randomly um, out of absolutely nowhere. Um, and everyone basically 
harmonics have been trying not to make rock band for the last four years have been making like dance central fantasia some other weird musical first person shooter and every single time they're doing an event someone's like so are you gonna stop messing around with these games and just make rock band 4 um so it was kind of a no-brainer really mm. but eventually they have actually confirmed the time is now they are making a rock band for it. What, what, what does this mean? Does this mean more plasticky pieces of tat? Well, it, either mean, uh, it definitely means more. They, are, they will be selling more plastic. I'm fairly pieces sure I still tat. have one under my stairs here. That's good because a lot of people, me included, have thrown them all away. Mm. Um, but they have said that what they are attempting to do, they've said no promises, but their wish is to make all of the old hardware compatible. So that you could plug it in. I don't. You know what? Would you it. have been nose out of joint if that hadn't been the case? I think there are some people who would have been. I don't know. More important. More importantly to me is the software. They've said they're going to bring all of the tracks with them. Right. So if you bought DLC for previous Rockland games or imported them, because you could kind of keep rolling them into the future games in the franchise. So I mean, I ended up with, I mean, about four hundred tracks. Right. How much did um, you ever calculate? How much you spent in the end? No, because I would have died inside if I did that. It was it would have been a ridiculous amount of. Let's money. do it now. Four hundred what pieces of DLC? Well, not not individually. We're talking Rock Band One rolled into Rock Band Two, rolled into Rock Band Three, with a couple of like Lego Rock Band rolled into it, and possibly another one rolled into it. And then I'm going to say probably about two hundred, maybe two hundred and fifty DLC like legitimately DLC packs. Right. Yeah, and they were going at how many points? Oh, it's a good question. Let's say it was the equivalent of about five pound for a pack, which was I think it was three packs back then. Right. I think. I don't. It, it's well, it's in the hundreds. Let's say. Mm. Let's let's not make you myself really cry. Loved rock band. I I do love rock band, and I have the same current obsession with Rocksmith. I have spent over a hundred easily over a hundred hundred and fifty quid on Rocksmith DLC. Did you play the guitar before these games? I didn't know. And um, now, but I, presumably, if you're playing Rocksmith, you can play. I can I can play the guitar more than I could before. Obviously, yeah, I can I can play some stuff in in Rocksmith. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't walk around saying I can play the guitar now, but certainly I have real life guitar world skills. Yeah, my dad uh, always loves to tell me this story. I, I didn't live with my parents when I was fourteen. I was at a drama school uh, down in London, and I went to visit my dad uh, one summer. And uh, I'd been learning to play the guitar because it was a drama school, you know, we did music and blah, blah, blah. And uh, my dad had no idea. So we were in this music shop browsing and uh, I picked up this guitar, I started playing. My dad said he was, you know, a few rows away and heard someone play. I thought, oh, that's really good. And he came <laughs> looking for me to, to, to get me so we could both go and see who this dude was playing. And lo and behold, it was me. And uh, my dad's never really lavished me with gifts gifts before but i remember that day he was just like yeah we'll get an amp get you want an amp get an amp okay you want that guitar get that guitar it's great great story sadly i don't really play too much anymore i keep meaning to uh, pick myself up one but it's just time you know um but isn't it cool if a video game can kind of lead you towards learning an instrument that's amazing yeah i mean and it definitely has and the the series rock band itself kind of went into the the land of pro guitar towards the end where you know you could actually plug a, a real guitar into it but rocksmith has kind of just taken that and run with it and has been on its own in the genre for the last two to three years 
Um, but now Rock Band has decided to come back. And I'm not, I've said this on the forum, I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be as successful as it was. I think there are going to be a lot of people like me who, if you were ultimately serious about playing these rhythm games and music and wanting to learn an instrument, you did it and you bought Rocksmith and you've moved on now and the thought of going backwards isn't very appealing I'd, to you. You know, I totally agree with you. I, I I couldn't give two hoots about this coming back. I certainly won't be investing all the money in the peripherals again. But then there are certainly a whole new generation of gamers that probably didn't play it first time around and, and will quite fancy it now. Yeah, totally. I think, like I said, there's, there's a couple of different types of people. There's the people who've, who've moved on and have moved on to real guitar and they're probably not coming back. Then there is, there's just the, the casual party crowd who still exist and I didn't really realise it, but apparently there are a lot of people, harmonics have said they've got the data, there's a lot of people who still play rock band, you know, they, they've still got all their instruments, they still come home on Friday night and jam out to rock band. So there's that market, but the question Skin is... stoners, basically, that don't have... <laughs> <laughs> the money to play anything else and they just it's there but the question is is the plastic instrument fad really going to fly these days you know when rock band blew up the first time it was the era of the Wii it was the era of Tony Hawk ride with the plastic skateboard yeah. it was the era of the plastic accessory I, I think we forget just how cheap and nasty these things felt as well yeah they were bad they were very, very But then, bad, but... you know, they, for them to be sold at like 30, 40 pounds a piece, they kind of had to be, really. Yeah, totally. But I think the only way this would get me, it's like I would play Rock Band now, but I would only play it with the drums. Um, and I would have to have a decent, high-quality drum, drum set to play it with. I mean, you could, you could buy some Ion drums, which were a good couple hundred quid. I think a couple of guys on the forums were messing with them. And, you know, they, it was literally... A digital drum set which plugged into the video mm. game um so that that would possibly interest is that, them is that where that's... it's going do you think the the audience now is mature they've had jobs they've probably got mortgages maybe a little bit more disposable income are we just going to go and kit ourselves out with um semi-professional electronic instruments and and play the next gen I think if, if you're talking to people like me and the people who post in the Rocksmith forum in the three six in the Xbox One forum, which is it's quite lively actually, there's quite a few guys who, who play regularly there, then then yes, these are the people with that disposable income who will do that. Um, but I think the people that Harmonix and Rock Band Four is trying to aim, no. I think they're aiming at picking up a few new people who've never played Rock Band before, definitely picking up a lot of people who've got you know, hundreds of pounds worth of DLC sat on their 360 doing absolutely nothing mm. um, and reigniting something that they once used to love and perhaps getting a few new faces while they're at it. Mm. And they're talking about turning it into a service now, you know, they're not going to annualise it. It's going to be by Rock Band, we release songs until the end of time. But w cool. what platforms is this coming out on? Uh, as far as I believe, Xbox One and PS4. I don't think they said PC, but don't quote me on that. Well, Rocksmith so so it's, PC, it's not going... Rocksmith sound piece. Yes, yeah, so it's entirely possible, and there is an audience there. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. Um, but the, the question is, there were rumours that Guitar Hero was coming back as well. Activision going to do that. Now, I think if they both come back at the same time, they're going to cancel each other out and just explode the whole thing again. I think one could possibly make this. It's fairly inevitable that they will both come back at the same time, isn't it? it's just such a bad idea I, I don't think the market is as big as it was and I think it could possibly only support one one of them right now do you now. think one would let the other go uncontested 
Well, why would you? I don't. I mean, yeah, Activision love their money and stuff, but I, I, I just think it would be a bad call I th- because Harmonics made the they, they made this popular with Rock Band. If did anybody's going to do it, it's Harmonics. Did the peripherals ever work across the two? Yeah, they were cross compatible. You could use that. They made that concession because that would have just been a pretty anti-consumer decision to make. See, in which case it, it would almost make sense to let one release and then kind of you know almost do it like biannually or something like that, you know. Rather than go head to head, I mean, I suppose, but I think Rock Band just—it's the spiritual successor to this whole genre, you know. If there's one title that can make it, it's Rock Band. Oh, you're getting very idealistic here, mate. No, I don't. I don't think Guitar Guitar Hero doesn't have the soul anymore. Like the the studios that took it over, NeverSoft was the studio that took it over. That's been closed down. Um, it was kind of you know how Activision rolls—they they get around a, a franchise, they devour it. And then throw it away. This, you know, the same way they did with Tony Hawk, the same way they're doing with Call of Duty. Eventually, they did it with Guitar Hero, and they don't tend to go back to them. Um, to do it now, just because they've seen Rock Band come back to life, would be a pretty cynical move, and I think everybody would see through. Speaking of Activision and Call of Duty, I saw something on the forum today about a petition. Did anyone see that? Oh, God. Is this, is this something of note? Should we talk about this? Did you sign it? Have you signed it? You've signed it. I haven't signed signed it, actually. You signed it? I haven't signed it. What is it? Tell us what it is. Have you signed it, A petition... I've got no idea what it is. The only petition I've been hearing about today is Jeremy Clarkson. I've got no idea what this is. (laughs) I'm signing no position. I signed that three times. Is there an anti-petition? Yeah, yeah. Is there one? Yeah. Get him deported. Yeah. Sign that. Um, the petition for Modern Warfare was to remaster Modern Warfare 2 for the new consoles. And they have 90,000 signatures at the time that I read it anyway. And those tumbleweeds there that you're hearing are... I I'm surprised. I just <laughs> imagine you were going to say uh, Modern Warfare. I'm surprised it's Modern Warfare 2. Suddenly it all seems a bit surreal and strange. And the post... That I put in the thread that announced this on the Xbox One forum was exactly yeah, that. Is, what, is it a why? <laughs> like, why are we? Do, why did we jump to Modern Warfare Two? Why, why are we not doing COD Four? I've been saying for ages we need a COD goes back to basics or a remastered or a just a I don't know a revival of some sort. Um, they need a COD classic where yeah. basically they take all the best maps from one through up to Black Ops or something or more, what was the crappy one? Ghosts. All of the last gen Call of Duty's basically they go right. These are all the best maps: Pipeline, Crossfire, you know, all of them, and then just chuck them in and go. It's sort of like Master Chief Collection. It just do that, <laughs> but you know, so that it works. That works. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, and then be done with it, but. You know, it's at some point you've got to you've got to just let it go, haven't you? Really? Let it go. Did you really just frozen this? Podcast? Listen, my children play it all the time. I hate it so much. So, so hey, uh, do you know, I worked something out. It it's um, that tune is just basically "Journeys Don't Stop Believing," but for children. Is yeah, it? Yeah, listen to it. I've never heard it, and I have no idea what you're talking. What are you about. kidding me? You've never seen Frozen? No. Even I've seen Frozen. No. Come on. Does it have musical wow. kind of numbers of in it? Of course it does. Oh, That's yeah. why I've never seen it. It has these songs. I mean, but I, even if you haven't seen it, you can't avoid the song. The song is everywhere. No, no. if I haven't seen The Lion King, I've, I, I'm not going to see Frozen. Wait, 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 hold hold the phone. 
go on, carry on amongst yourselves. You're gonna, he's gonna play you, let it go, by the way. But you haven't seen The Lion King, no, I haven't. You've never, you know, the song Hakuna Matata, though, right? Uh, just from people saying it, but I, I don't, I know, I wouldn't know it. How have you not seen The Lion King? I've actively tried to avoid seeing it, and I've been very Why? successful. I, I don't like musicals. If someone sings in a film, I'm not going to watch it. What? Why? It, it's just awkward. I, I don't like it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I knew I was going to play it. This is from a teddy bear. What? A teddy bear. Yes, that's right. Oh my you squeeze God. its hand you can... and it plays it. <laughs> what you're saying is you can turn around in your lounge, pick up an inanimate object, and it will play Let It Go. Just, just thrown <laughs> it across the room. My my infant daughter knows that that irritates me to my absolute fibres. And wait short with she, it every morning. She presses it all the time. She knows. My my, my infant does. child trolls me with it. It's an addictive song, to be fair. So yeah, it's, it's journeys. Don't stop believing. Listen closely. It's there. So Mark, you've genuinely never heard that. No, no, I haven't. Wow. wow. But what, what did you did you go to the cinema to see this? No, Christ. No. So, so, so how have you kind of? But you chose to see it, did you? No, they watch it at home. They watch it everywhere. It's in the streets. It's on the radio. They do sing along versions at the cinema of it. Well, you've got kids of a certain age, so you just you just had to be exposed to it. But for me, it got to a zeitgeisty point where it was like, all right, I just need to to watch this right. just just to know what the hell it is. Sounds like. Um, and bungee, I can also say jumping. You just had to see yeah. it for yourself. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend wanted to watch it, ah. and I was like, "Okay, yeah." So let's let's just have a look. Have at you this spoken since? See. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I didn't hate it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hate Frozen. Right. It was all right. right. It's like the most grossing. successful film of all time, or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty pretty hot. Okay, guys, well, look, massive thanks for joining us, and listener, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, as I have no doubt. You have the dream team. Uh, swing by iTunes, leave us a rating, 12 thumbs up, whatever it is they do. A little comment is nice. Swing by the thread. We always have a thread for um, the podcast. Swing by and say hi. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Ask us why we were late, as some of you like <laughs> to do. Big big hello to, to the member in question. He knows exactly who he is. And uh, I do hope you've enjoyed this week's, uh, this month's yeah. podcast. I hope you feel guilty because Steve was in a car accident. I was in a car accident. <laughs> I don't know if he's mentioned it. <laughs> it's just after he was in America. Before. Oh, sorry. sorry. Do you know what? I'm not going to tell you about anything in my life from now on. <laughs> I bet you tried getting upgraded as well, didn't you? I got upgraded on the way back. <laughs> I've been in a car accident, you know. I got upgraded, you know, I got upgraded on the way back. Because they'd cancelled our flight, but it was only nice. it was only premium economy. It wasn't first class or anything. Oh, oh. And I slept I the whole entire way. So, um, how did we get on the sales hanging out of his mouth? <laughs> I just threw it in there just to make fun of you. Uh, so, guys, m- massive thanks uh, to Mark. Cheers, Steve. Huge thanks to Leon. Hope you recover. And we will see you in April. April. Where's the year going?
but you know, I would be happy with the amount of penises we have right now.